Welcome to Mediterranean Sustainability Partners. I'm your host, Ellen Wasalina. As we look forward to our seminar, Vision Méditerranée 2022, I would like to go back to my book uh, that I wrote in 2019, Sustainability Governance in a Post-Globalized World, and sort of hone in on some of the topics that we will be discussing at our seminar on September 27 to 29. And I believe there are several panels that um, require our attention that could be related to some of the subjects that I touch on in my book. So I'd like to sort of uh, tie, if I may, um, the uh, panel on the second day, so uh, September 28 in the afternoon, where we'll be talking about the geoeconomic uh, and finance and investment challenges in the post-COVID era, and I'll be moderating this panel. And uh, on this panel, we'll be talking uh, with my colleagues, uh, particularly Dr. Zubel Lafage and Dr. Abbas Sebihi, in rethinking education and training and investing in human capital. So uh, I would like to share with you uh, an article in, from my book, uh, published in Apple Books 2019. Uh, in this uh, chapter on green leadership is key, chapter six, uh, the title of this article is Brain Drain versus Brain Gain. Education is key to improving employability and to national competitiveness. So I'll start with the abstract. Striking new findings reveal the little noticed shift in composition of immigration flows over the past decade, with immigrants' human capital rising sharply. Most notably, 48% of recently arrived immigrants to the United States, those coming between 2011 and 2015, were college graduates, compared to just 27% of arrivals a quarter century earlier. In some policy circles, emigration is still seen as a drain on a country's human resources, rather than an opportunity for those who leave to become more productive, and if the circumstances are right, to contribute more to their countries of origin than if they had remained. One of the other effects or real phenomena resulting from globalization has been the scientific migration caused by direct effects on the economy, security, and more recently on climate. Education and economic opportunity are key to keeping young people in the country. And in those countries wishing to attract talent, wage premia on education, R&D spending are key to encouraging greater inflows of highly skilled migrants, while generous welfare benefits and protectionist employment pra practices pardon me, attract mostly unskilled workers. So in this article, we will discuss in part one, brain drain or brain gain. In part two, economic competitiveness is key to attracting the right pool of talent, investing at least 3% of GDP in R&D, and creating an innovative, driven economy. Part 
one, brain drain or brain gain. If you look at the overall economic question of migration, the contribution that migrants bring to their host country, and consider the role of financial transfers and investment. In this first section, we'll examine the brain drains and the brain gains, notably in the Maghreb, and compare them with those countries in different quadrants that are experiencing a brain gain. Following the first international forum on migration statistics that took place in Paris in January 2018, the OECD, in partnership with the International Office of Migration and the United Nations, organized this groundbreaking forum. This two-day event showcased the most innovative research and initiatives to measure population mobility and generate timely statistics. In the program, it states the importance of this forum as it relates to the governance of migration, which is made difficult by the inadequate knowledge of the dimensions, structure, and characteristics of international flows. Statistics collected at borders are often of poor quality and coverage. Registration of migrants in population registries, where they exist, is incomplete. Censuses offer only a static picture of the stock of migrants. Surveys are unsuitable to measure the many and nuanced dimensions of the phenomenon, and irregular movements escape formal detection. In order to address migration challenges, it is essential to improve migration statistics. Governments, international organizations, policymakers, and researchers must summon the human, methodological, technological, and financial resources in order to raise the standards of data collection, improve the coverage and the quality of the data, ensure the harmonization and integration of different sources and make possible international comparability. If you look at the factors of competitiveness and attractiveness of a country, not only for investors, but for employers and prospective employees, education is key to attracting overseas talent and national competitiveness. First of all, the legislation of the country, in order to prevent the country's talent from leaving the country, there has to be the promotion of scientific research, political stability, non-restrictive immigration laws, and forward-looking societies that all prevent domestic talent from leaving the country. Secondly, the quality of the education system is important for attracting overseas talent, or brain gain, which may influence people's choices in relocation for them and their families. Quality of the education system would also encourage local populations to stay in the country to do their studies instead of leaving the country to find better education in a foreign country. Other factors such as agility, health, pay, and motivation all contribute to successful domestic and international firms wanting to settle in the country and attracting not only domestic talent but foreign talent as well. Now, if we look at the global distribution of talent, and uh, figure 26, which is on page 230 of the book, there are countries that are negatively impacted, such as Croatia, Greece, Bulgaria, and Brazil, as seen in quadrant one. Their brain drain levels are high, and they do not attract foreign talent. However, if you look at Mexico, China, India, and the Philippines in quadrant two, they're able to attract expatriates despite their high brain drain levels. In quadrant three, we can see that Norway, the Netherlands, Canada, and Singapore experience higher brain gain levels. And in quadrant four, we can see the high levels of brain gain in Iceland, Finland, 
and to a lesser extent in the Czech Republic. So how does a country fight the brain drain and retain its talent? Looking at the Middle East in particular, through the lens of the Human Capital Index of 2016, the World Economic Forum's conclusions about the Middle East, composed of 15 countries, only one of them, Israel, 23rd, made it to the top 30 of the index. The Gulf states, Bahrain, 46, Qatar, 66, and the United Arab Emirates, 69, outperform the rest of the region in terms of making the best use of their human capital potential. The Northern African nations of Morocco, 98, Tunisia, 101, and Algeria, 117, make up the lower end of the region's rankings ahead of Yemen, 129, and Mauritania, 130. In the next section, we will look at how countries attract and retain talent thanks to their policies of competitiveness, investment in R&D, and innovation, and most importantly, in education to reverse the brain drain, to retain national talent, and attract foreign talent and investment. Economic competitiveness is key to attracting the right talent pool, investing at least 3% of GDP in R&D, and creating an innovative driven economy. Sustainability and resiliency are the answer. Underlying these concepts are important elements of R&D, FDI, innovation, and education. Working against these are insecurity, corruption, unemployment, and pollution, but globalization knows no borders. Markets have become global and many countries are not equipped to compete. So sound political and economic governance are necessary to equip and train a country to go forward and create jobs for its people and to be competitive in the world. And the role of the environment and women are key to enduring sustainability. Everything goes hand in hand as demonstrated in Table 1, FDI, HDI, GDI, CPI, and other benchmarks that help integrate a country into the international community by joining supranational, international organizations, learning best practices, conducting stress tests for banks, creating policies that create jobs, not unemployment, not only social benefits and high taxes, but real incentives for innovation and entrepreneurship. And education is key, and so is retraining, reformatting people to fit into the new digital, uberized economy, to be able to work and navigate the Internet of Things, 3D printing, virtual reality, and many more inventions and in scientific and technological advances that are leaving the older generation behind. Klaus Schwab, founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum said, today's transition to the fourth industrial revolution combined with a crisis of governance 
creates an urgent need for the world's educators and employers to fundamentally rethink human capital through dialogue and partnerships. The adaptation of educational institutions, labor market policy, and workplaces are crucial to growth, equality, and stability. Foreign direct investment, badly needed to help countries advance, can help implement and institute the necessary changes to their economy and address the three strategic eyes, an inclusive, innovative, and integrated region. Besides the importance of the six flows of economic integration, which are the movement of people, money, merchandise, information, education, and culture, there is the importance of a country being able to innovate, to renew itself every few years to stay ahead, and to be competitive and to create jobs. Notice the geographic clusters on the graph in figure 28, and that the higher and to the right the country is on the graph, the higher their GDP per capita is, meaning that more monies are invested in R&D, the greater their capacity is to create jobs, wealth, and opportunity. And education is key to this dimension. Keeping young people in country is the biggest challenge today as brain drains create intellectual and scientific, industrial slash knowledge deficits that are not easily made as global birth rates. The 2018 Global R&D Funding Forecast, sponsored by the Industrial Research Institute, IRI, in Washington, D.C., reveals that global R&D investments increased by 4.14% in 2018 to a total of $2.190 trillion in purchasing power parity, PPP, values for the more than 116 countries having significant R&D investments, more than $20 million. As the United States, 25.24%, and Europe's 20.52% share of global R&D investment declines, Asia's investment in R&D is increasing on both the national and global scale, 43.6%. And notably in China, where the country's share of R&D investment stands at 21.68%, of total global investment in R&D. In Africa, in figure 29, we can see that Morocco is ranked 57th in Africa for R&D investments, with a slight uptick in R&D investment from 2017 to 2018. Despite Algeria's larger GDP, $624 billion, both Morocco, $305 billion, and Tunisia, $138 billion, which both have smaller economies, have investing slightly more than Algeria. These countries, however, are constrained by a weak R&D infrastructure and the ability to recruit experienced scientists and engineers from outside their region, which could prove difficult for these countries to make the transition from fossil fuels, as long as they are abundant and cheap, to renewable or clean energies making them less exclusively dependent on petroleum revenues, as is the case at present. So how can we see more Mazdar city models around the Mediterranean Sea? This low carbon development has had an integral role in transforming Abu Dhabi's economy from one based on fossil fuels to one that is forward leaning and that will transform it to being a center of innovation and entrepreneurship. How can a city reduce 
its environmental impacts and be entirely run on renewable, clean energy. Developing human capital is key for the transition from a labor-based society to a knowledge-based society. In 2007, Mazda partnered with the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, to create the Mazda Institute, which integrates theory and practice to incubate a culture of innovation and entrepreneurship. With its world-class faculty and top-tier students, the Institute is committed to finding solutions to the challenges of clean energy and climate change through education and research. Sustainable development and clean energy are at the heart of the revolution that should take place in the Mediterranean Sea region. Research, innovation, and new technologies should create jobs and a class of entrepreneurs to push forward the next generation of researchers and innovators to take the region into the 21st century. The key to innovation is, of course, financing. Where there are barriers that hinder the all-out deployment of energy savings technology, the lack of adequate capital allocation and the lack of appropriate innovation financing are both proof that the energy efficiency market is still viewed by investors and lenders as risky and fragmented. So how can we find support for the development of investment vehicles for energy efficiency and refinancing on secondary markets where appropriate benchmarks for asset portfolios would be valued and rated? By informing consumers and decision makers on how to acquire financing and to better understand the benefits of energy efficiency investments. And how can we retain or invite new talent to the country, which is so necessary to the country's competitiveness and its financial and environmental sustainability and stability? I hope you've enjoyed this reading from my book. There is part three that remains. Education is key to improving employability and to transforming knowledge into competencies, which I will let you discover, uh, which goes through a case study in this instance of my experience as the expert uh, to Algeria and where I was a senior expert to a 125 million Euro Europe aid project in Algeria from 2014 to 2015 at Abu Abbaq Belkaid University in Tlemcen, Algeria. I'll let you discover that. Um, I don't want to um, read everything, of course, uh, in this uh, very good article. Uh, and I do hope you will enjoy and continue reading and prepare for our seminar Vision Méditerranée 2022. Thank you for tuning in to Mediterranean Sustainability Partners in 37 countries and on four continents. <music>